This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disaster Girls podcast. Uh, If everything has gone correctly, this should be episode 100. We did. Yes. And I am. (laughs) Sorry, I I should hide in the wings. (laughs) Well, great news, everybody. I'm not I'm not the only but I'm not the only person here. So I'm going to leave it to everybody else to get to get going. (laughs) So we've got an exciting episode, you guys, because we are joined by a fabulous disaster diva. Disaster Mm -hmm. diva, will you reintroduce yourself to the podcast, please? Hi, everybody. I'm Paul Feig and I'm a proud disaster diva. (laughs) Yay. We really need to get T-shirts or like some sort of disaster diva merch for our guests. Yeah, we need the big mugs. So we'll be promoting every time we lift it up, even though nobody sees the video. (laughs) Right. We'll have to start doing the like, okay, screenshot time, everybody, just to make sure we're getting the the swag out there. There you go. And Paul, you you planted the seed for this idea when you came on the pod last time. So what is it that we are finally covering today? We are going to look at the 1970s magnum opus Earthquake. <laughs> Earthquake. Yes. All of Los Angeles gets destroyed in this movie. Every but not time. in a Roland Emmerich way. I was going to say. 70s way. <laughs> in a 70s way, in, a, in the in an earthquake that lasts for so many minutes, it is absolutely remarkable. Exactly. It really, it really uh, temples. This, this carries that signature 70s thing of like slow like slow buildup and then yeah. intermittent deployment of gradual disaster like as you exactly. have the earthquake then you're like fuck we have an hour left like what's gonna happen yeah but of course earthquakes have aftershocks and of course there's the hollywood reservoir in los mm-hmm. angeles and there's, so there's very a lot poor, on the horizon very poor disaster planning in a lot of different ways so uh-huh. yeah. they really mm-hmm. i will say like the length of that earthquake not totally unbelievable a good earthquake would last like like that would last like three to four minutes yeah i mean that felt longer i felt like that was a 10 minute earthquake how i couldn't tell if we were checking if we were checking in with different places and they were overlapping time i'm not sure overlapping time yes yeah it it, this has and this features one of your classic ensembles ladies and gentlemen (laughs) oh my god God. charlton heston as the romantic lead (laughs) he's the romantic lead ava gardner is here Mm-hmm. Walter Matthau playing. <laughs> he just showed up to set. A drunkard just dressed as Huggy Bear. And they really, <laughs> they squeezed every moment of comedy out of yes. him too. I don't think they left a frame on the floor. <laughs> yeah. No. Truly, truly. Do you think that they were like searching for more? Like at a certain point they were like, what? What are Walter's Walter testing through that? the roof. We, got, we need more of the drunken pimp. <laughs> now, I think we, I think we can actually learn a lesson from Walter Matthau in this movie because what was just what I was just gobsmacked about when the earthquake hits is that everyone is just they continue to run like yeah. nobody's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna stop I'm gonna take shelter everybody's like I'm gonna run panicked and who walks away the most unscathed the drunk guy who sat still the entire guy. <laughs> 
That was that seventies morality, like see if you booze it up, you're the one who makes it through. <laughs> all these all these uh, teetotalers are getting hit by cement, <laughs> hitting by acts oh, of God. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they, I mean, not to flash forward, but then yeah, we see him again because clearly it was a one day shoot for Walter Matthau. Was probably yeah. doing shooting something else on the side, like hey, Walter, you want to come right, sit at the right. bar, and do comedy? <laughs> okay, but then they have one more thing, like in that wherever that Wilshire Center or whatever mm-hmm. it is, where they're the basement and he's dancing in the background but it's clearly not him it's clearly uh, yes not him. i was like i th- i'm glad you said that because i was watching yeah. i was like there's no way that is walter math out there's absolutely like doing the little like jig and right. just like and people are laughing people. delighted because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need in the middle of a, you do. a funny drunk guy and i assume i assume it's a wig because walter math also has a perm in this film yeah yeah, yeah. exactly this was yeah, a the film, big red hat this yeah. was a film full of just excellent wigs though this was, really I mean, Ju was her, well, I don't remember what her name was. The sister had the hair, she had had her hair styled oh. out into a permed poof. Yeah. Victoria was, Principal, yes. with that, that it took me like a half hour to go like, wait, that's Victoria Principal with that crazy <laughs> hair. It's kind of an afro, but it's not. It's, no, it's the thing that it was like the 70s. It was the 70s cocaine afro for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's where you stored all your drugs. Yeah, and, she was the bad girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. her character was the was was literally meant to exist as arm candy for Richard Roundtree's yes. uh, evil Knievel challenging stuntman. Miles, who, you mean? Miles, <laughs> yes, who was like who's literally they're like her whole job is supposed to be his like manager, I guess. It's his sister. He's right. like, in order for you to be like a motors like motorcycle guys always have hot chicks around. We can't mm. have people thinking you're a phony. <laughs> and not by not having hot chicks around right. like the whole death defying loop the loop go around yeah. a track through fire <laughs> stunt over a pit of spikes like all that ever wasn't going to do it but we need to have hot chicks with your merch right. like otherwise in, in, modeling the thing like and mm-hmm. here he goes and yes. pointing well as and, we saw if she removed if she's wearing the merch her boobs actually have the power of hypnotism <laughs> oh my god yeah. exactly yeah there's lots of men staring at boobs it in this was, movie. Yeah, the <laughs> prolonged take on that was just spectacular the <laughs> The one good cop in L.A. in this film is sitting at a and bar. And it has after- to be George Kennedy. And it's yeah. got to be George Kennedy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would assume it was that George Kennedy is the only good cop. And he's sitting at the bar and then just she mm. he manages. He get, he hands over at least forty dollars just because of the power of her bosom. So, yes, right. <laughs> he well, literally can't take his eyes off. Of her. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, he's bewitched. <laughs> and and because and we're naming all these people because obviously, you guys, you've seen yeah. decade like era disaster movies from this time that means we have to meet a thousand people very slowly all yes. doing mm-hmm. very different things for the first yeah. hour of the movie which is exactly what we do yeah. get a full hour of of setup <laughs> human interaction human interaction uh charlton heston's marriage to ava gardner is falling apart he's a mm. captain of industry and architect or engineering or architecture he's an also architect. is he an ex-football player too he is an there's... Ex- yes, yes he is definitely an ex-football uh. player which we just had to build in there just to explain why charlton heston is such a strapping man yeah right. why <laughs> he's a pillar of masculinity yeah working out on his vic tanny uh, workout thing in the beginning <laughs> 
those little <laughs> arm things at the beginning. She's like, oh, you're, right. you're trying to get bigger. And, and why is she so angry all the time, Ava Gardner? <laughs> they, really they wrote her down. I, I, I didn't feel good oh, about yeah. that, Ava classic, having to do that role. Classic, yeah. we're going to put a, a legendary actress in a disaster movie role. And mm. we're going we're gonna to make Ava Gardner look horrible. We're going to kill <laughs> Shelley Winters. That's what we do here <laughs> yeah. in 70s disaster movies. But the greatest special effect of all in this movie is somehow Ava Gardner is the daughter of Lauren Green, who oh, was clearly possibly God. even younger than her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, when they the first time she says dad, that, I'm like, wait, yeah. dad? <laughs> yeah. When they introduced that, because her, her dad is his boss and it's Charlton Heston. It's like the age ranging of this is so <laughs> screwy. Like yeah. this, this man, she, he, at one point, dad says to Ava Gardner, dad, that he's like, you know, <laughs> you, you still think of your husband as just like that snot nosed kid who started out in like a, a pit of dirt. And it's like, you didn't know Charlton Heston when he was that age. Were you right. a teenager then? Like, exactly. what are you talking about? Did you babysit her? Yeah, yeah. Like, did he babysit you? Yeah, like, exactly. Is, are you older than Charlton Heston? <laughs> At one point, Charlton Heston puts on aviators, and I was like, I hope that was in the contract. I hope there was oh, a yeah. contractual oh. moment where Charlton Heston was like, I will be wearing aviators. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, in his that I was like, well, oh. this car is absolutely remarkable. Yeah, well, the car that nobody can drive because apparently it has ten different gears. <laughs> it <laughs> has eight forward speeds and, and three reverses. Reverse, because <laughs> you can. There's there's three different ways to reverse when you, uh, <laughs> you back up. We Charlton only know Hes one. <laughs> Charlton Heston's car can actually fly backwards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we were running out of options after like I guess fast and slow reversing. Like the only the only third is like the car from Green. It's just going to take off at some point. Exactly. And I just love, like, let's insert a detail of just, like, again, how superior this man is to everybody. Even his car is impossible to drive. Yeah. Like, even only Charlton Heston can drive this car. Yes, here, here. But then uh, in, in true, again, 70s fashion, his uh, his girlfriend yep. is mm. about 50 years younger than him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The she is gorgeous Genevieve Bujold, who I always had a huge crush on from King of Hearts. I was so happy to see her when she popped oh. up and I was like, they've really when it, when there's a you know a pleading scene with Ava, Ava Gardner is obviously just desperately trying to keep her husband <laughs> while also being miserable and he is of the put upon husband. Well, then we meet the young woman who he's been like a kind of father figure to her child and like right. her husband died and he feels responsible. I didn't fully understand what the accident was that made him responsible. <laughs> he got sent into the mines, Jordan. What don't you understand about okay. he got sent into the mines by mines. an architect. <laughs> oh, so there's residual guilt. There. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's an because Charlton Heston's an engineer. They keep referring to him as an engineer, but it's only yes. like halfway through the movie. It's like I, I thought he was a football player. Like yeah. well, he's working at a firm, but he it's, it's Ava Gardner's he's an architecture firm because uh -huh. that's the sexiest. Yeah. As we know in the seventies, like architecture yeah. was the sexiest career. We have multiple architecture heroes in our disaster movies. Mike <laughs> Brady was an architect. Like yeah. everyone mm. knows that is in the seventies they discovered architecture and suddenly that became. The is the is the seventies to the is the architect of the seventies disaster movie the like geophysicist is to the modern disaster movie. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would argue that. I mean, we've got Towering Inferno, and exactly, yeah. 
I, I think that's a compelling. Is there somehow analogy. an architect involved? Because in then they can, they can. Well, they can give us lots of exposition and like, oh, that building's going down. Or I know. love the like, and they the can righteously indignant about it too. I yes, love the exactly. gradual increase in like his like assertion of him. Like when he's driving around the city and everything's in ruin, he's like, I've never not been proud of my profession until today. It's <laughs> like you're real. Like you're sitting here being unproud to be an engineer today. Like oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently like, all of Los Angeles cut corners when they were building. Buildings. Every single inch of it is <laughs> <Right>. in tatters. <laughs> like this 1906 quake in San Francisco that set the entire fucking peninsula on fire. Wasn't this devastating? <laughs> Tell yeah. you. Oh, and now, it and is, then, Oh no, no, I'm just, it is just matte painting sets of burned buildings. Yes, exactly. The entire like, Albert Whitlock was working overtime on this movie. <laughs> Like all these matte paintings and stuff. But there's a lot of shaky cam in this. Uh, they, they rely on the shaking camera quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, when I, I'm sorry. When I was a, no, no, no. a tour guide at Universal Studios back in 1981, <laughs> um, they, part of the tour, because that was, you know, it had come out, well, it came out like 10 years before, but part of the tour was to talk about the way we do special effects. And one was when we, the Black Tower, the, the Black Tower used to be the biggest building on the Universal lot where all the heads of, you know, the, the studio were at. And, um, they wanted to make that part of the earthquake. And so, but they couldn't, they didn't know how to do it. So then the whole thing was like, so what they did is they got a mirror and they shot it in the mirror and then they twisted the mirror. And everybody's like, oh, how cool. You watch the movie, it just looks like a reflection of a building being twisted in a mirror. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's how a building falls apart. It doesn't sort of turn I, into a trapezoid. Yeah, when that was happening, I was like, is this like an interpretive thing? Like, is this how I'm supposed to emotionally feel about this coming down? Because, or is this telling me this building is physically changing in this particular way that's what they wanted you to think yeah mm. having gotten the inside information on it. <laughs> yeah you thank you for that mm. i did not uh, there were several moments where i was like ah oh, this is just the camera shaking while people fling themselves about but that didn't that did no. not bother me at all in terms yeah. of like it, they were it was conveying mm-hmm. it was it was it was communicating it i will say off mm-hmm. the universal tour thing i kept waiting for a subway to flood and I was so confused about why there was because on the Universal Tram Tour, there's the very like through my yeah. I loved the tram tour as a child, which was such a okay. horrible thing to do to my parents because that tram mm-hmm. tour is like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is long and it is slow, and there is yeah. it is it's worse than taking your kids on the jungle, making your parents go to the jungle. <laughs> and you see lots of old stuff from movies yeah. you've never heard of. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was like, this is magical movie magic, and I'm in the middle of it. I loved it, little. I you was, loved that. I thought it was so cool. I just thought it was the the coolest thing to be part of it and so but there is this section in where you go into the subway and it's from the and they talk about like 1979 earthquake and so right. it, i have never seen this movie until now and iconically in my head there is a subway station and they show how like the earth <laughs> splits apart and then water floods in and i'm like and, and that just sub- didn't happen there is no subway in this oh, film. i was gonna say oh. there was no subway until no the subway. 90s i don't think <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't know why there's I don't know why the subway station gets pulled in this. And yet somehow, but it's but mm-hmm. they do show the magic of movie making where the ground splits apart and, you, yeah. you know, you get to see they do some good groundwork here. I yeah. loved the close ups on on Earth gently moving. Yeah, exactly. like 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 looking almost like gophers coming out of the ground. <laughs> it gets, it's very soft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very soft soil. And it was like, oh, well, this is this is how we should know. Like it, yeah. it made me think of like certain like geothermal disaster movies we've watched. Like there was that one there was one I forget what it's called, but suddenly like a whole main street goes up in like a small <laughs> town and right. everyone just catches fire from their feet and burns. <laughs> alive 
And oh, it was like, yes. that's the kind of drama that I show up to a disaster movie for. <laughs> like earth moving shots. Like, right. guys, we've done the mirror trick at this point. How could you mm. just be moving small amounts of dirt and expect me to be captivated? Well, this movie's funny because it, it starts with just shaking cam and you're kind of like, oh, are they just going to shake the camera the whole time? And then, but then suddenly like a miniature comes in mm-hmm. and then they actually <laughs> knock a real house down. You're like, okay, they're, they're yeah. kind of doing it. Yeah, they're throwing <laughs> entire foam bricks at extras, oh which God. you know that most of those extras were not like credible it was fantastic they were just throwing things for 10 minutes at extras <laughs> hitting them square in the head there must have been so much concussive damage because none of them are stunt guys it's it was 1979 they don't yeah, know just send them in that <laughs> is yeah. like when we when, what was it la fire that we did where it's just clearly like a real court like a one city block size corridor of people just walking through open fire for like an hour like <laughs> it, it was like oh, that's what, you only get that in the oh city, that was man. we yeah, didn't care about pre-osha exactly Exactly. It's like put Shelly Winters in the middle of that corridor. Of fire. That's right. It was the Shelly Winters. It was the Shelly Winters one that they they had to do in yeah. Canada because they had to burn like over half a million gallons of fuel to do it. That's right. It was oh unbelievable. That was to watch. that was spectacular with the arsonist. The arsonist. <laughs> I feel like there's always in, like I feel like that this decade of movie always gives you that one there's wild-eyed a rogue. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in this one, it's the I think it's Vietnam veteran turned. Oh, Mar Marjo Gortner. Yes. Marjo Gortner. Mm-hmm. I think I think is he a Vietnam vet? Are we thinking? We I, we don't know. First of all, he's introduced in the grocery store yeah. where he's yeah. kind of nice to Victoria mm-hmm. Principal, but then he's got bullies who are clearly twice his age, yes. uh, following him around, calling him the F word. Yeah. And then then you go, oh, oh, he's gay and he's he's stuck in this thing, but then he's hitting on her. So I don't quite know what his deal is. No, and he's, uh, like, he's he's definitely a 1974 incel. Like every single yeah, every totally. note they yeah. hit oh, on 100%. him, I was like, oh shit. Bingo. This type of dude has been around for fi- they knew about this type of dude 50 years ago. He yes. lives he is like obsessed a... with bodybuilding yep. and like his physical <laughs> fitness. He puts on a he's he's National Guard. I don't know that he was ever Vietnam vet. I think okay. he's National Guard. I, like I wasn't sure be. if he like had a residual yeah. thing and was like, I need to stay enlisted somehow because no. like otherwise. I yeah, think he's, he's stolen valor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he, yeah, yeah his he's a he's obviously a solitary man. His room <laughs> is adorned with um pinned up images of bodybuilders and weapons. And he is this is the day. This is and the his, day. His this lifelong guy. dream, as we later learn, is to open a karate studio. Yeah. <laughs> Which right. also feels very Which he impresses 70s. her with exactly. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. he's like a lot of money in karate studios. (laughs) And he he, like, like, this is this is the character who's been waiting his whole life for this moment, like for anarchy. This is the Mm. guy who's been waiting to have a gun in his hand and to be like a state sanctioned marauder. And that is like this. I mean, you know, disaster movie, sad people are dying. But like the dark turn that it takes when we Mm -hmm. see his villainy truly emerge was like, holy shit. Like this guy's like this guy's taking like rape prisoners in the middle of the looting that and he's just gunning (laughs) people down in the streets, man. That was why it was a wild interjection gunning down his bullies um, which actually down. i actually kind of enjoyed that scene i thought it was something kind of, I, I remember was... it as a kid going like yeah shoot those guys those guys are every guy that tortures me in school <laughs> and clearly they were they i mean they were it's it's different watching a bully in a 70s 80s movie it's like <laughs> the kind of writing that was done because like we weren't i feel like we weren't really talking about bullying so much then like right. we, we hadn't come around on bullying so like it's rare that you see, I feel like a, a heel, a child heels even like in a in a modern movie that feels as cruel as yeah. as those 
And because they just yeah. wrote them meaner. Like there's, yeah. there's no heart of gold. Nobody has an origin story. You don't know about how anybody's dad treated him. They're just <laughs> fucking terrible people. And yeah. they're throwing the F word around, but the other F word around. And yeah. it's like, wow, that's back when you could, you know, yeah. put that in something. And yeah, there it is. So. Yeah, just, ca- it is. just casually make that ca- character, character trait that they just like to call dudes that. Yeah. Exactly. And, then, and then throw trash on him. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. having grown up in the 70s was a very true thing. Yeah, really? <laughs> a name like Feig, let's just say I got called that quite a bit. So, uh, so there right. You go. Sure. So, yeah, that'll do it. Did, did you yep. have tra- was trash being thrown at people a real thing? Like that was a, a um, common bullying oh, technique? Oh, yeah. They throw shit at you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was very, it was very cruel back then. Yeah. It's just <sighs> not normally 30 year old men, which is, I think, the big difference there. It was That's the, 30, the funniest part about it. The, these, yeah. These guys are supposed to be like young hooligans. But again, we're casting, we're casting everything on the grading curve of Charles. And Heston, and yeah. so these guys are like thirty-five-year-olds with four hundred one ks who are supposed to be street toughs. Yeah, who like look like they're playing like nineteen kind yeah. of in the way was, that they're like. Oh. Was the one guy wearing a yarmulke? I swear, couldn't figure that out. Yeah, it, it, either that. it was the world's tiniest watch cap, or he was wearing a yarmulke. I was, I was, I was confused about that the entire time. I am really glad you've raised that point. It's clear to the very yeah. end when you see that, that last close up on him. I was like, is that a detail we are getting right now? We are just gonna be like, make sure we know this guy's Jewish before. <laughs> <laughs> everything else that happens and but yeah yeah like you said or the world's tiniest hat just sitting right squarely on his head he's like that guy from oz with that, that little tiny head and outside. speaking of wigs speaking oh. of wigs oh, yes. marjo has like this like blonde 70s like curly shag and then like he goes into his room he changes but he comes back down like we don't see him change entirely he comes back down and he has entirely new hair yeah. and it yeah goes <laughs> unexplained at first i was like did he just lay his hair like is did that <laughs> did we cut away for how we cut, long yeah we, we missed the 30 minute sequence where he straight flat <laughs> iron i have to think there was a taxi driver-esque you know yeah. sequence of him in front of the mirror i'm gonna get them all you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah it was so much less dramatic once the reveal comes through which is because i honestly i was like did i imagine that he had yes. curly hair because he's got straight <laughs> I, I really thought that i was just like oh it gaslit me honestly i had a moment i was like i just completely made up a man's hairstyle what happened right. but then we get the explanation at the end yeah that, that it, he in yeah. fact wears a wig yeah it's common in his military oh, it's wait, common. I, oh I, I missed that oh my yeah God. he says to victoria principal mm-hmm. he kind of like starts like pulling it off and he was like it's oh. real normal for guys who have hair longer than regulation. <laughs> oh, so, right, right. And I wondered if when he said that, if if in if I was like a, a, a person of that era, if I would have clocked that and been like, oh, yeah, that that kid must have like put on his wig. Like because the way they put it out there was like just a very atmospheric detail. Like you would have mm. recognized or known that. So it was yeah. it's interesting watching these movies, just seeing the things that like not being of the of the time that the movie came out being like what are the things that i'm actually specifically where it got me thinking about that in the movie yeah. is beginning in the store when all the hari krishnas are out front of the grocery yeah. store singing and <laughs> right. i was like holy shit what is an 18 year old watching this think is happening with those people outside like clearly yeah. they think you know they're like you know street people this that the other but i was like man we're really losing, rapidly losing the cultural touch point of the Hare Krishnas in the seventies. And then it's, a, I guess, I guess it's a, a moment of like Marjo's bad and George Kennedy's good. Cause he's like, get these people out of here. And he's like, Hey, what are you against freedom of religion? And he walks away. I'm like, well, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It, 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 right there. They, they, they told us the dynamics of their morality. Yeah. yeah. After, after George Kennedy gets uh, suspended from the police force for chasing oh, yeah. down a guy who hit and run a kid in the street. Mm-hmm. Because right. and then 
And then punching an L.A. Sheriff's Department deputy. (laughs) It was that sequence of because he's like chasing this guy in like a hot Corvette. Mm -hmm. And this guy's clearly trying to get out, like get out of L.A. proper, whatever, like district he's going to because he's trying to get out of the range of the LAPD. He knows that the cops in his rich area are friendly and they'll like give George Kennedy trouble. He drives himself into a hedge, runs out of the car and runs into a luxury home. And the sheriff's department guy is like, do you know whose home that is? It's Zsa Zsa Gabor. I was like, wait, are we going to see Zsa Zsa? We don't. No, we don't. We just see her hedge. Someone (laughs) just says that's alleged, like, so which would make him, I guess, like a child or consort of Zsa Zsa's? Like, what a weird, what inside joke thing at the studio was this where someone was like, oh yeah, put make a Zsa Zsa. Make it, she'll yeah. love that. She'll get a but kick dude, out That of was it. her heyday, I will say that. So that was probably yeah. like, what's the hippest reference we got? Yeah. Zsa Zsa, let's get what around there. What is the hippest reference? <laughs> and I think, that was Leo, I think that was Leo Sayer driving the car, by the way. Oh, um, really? That's an old reference for me. No, it, it just looked like the singer Leo Sayer. <laughs> okay. um, see, this, I was probably about God, 11 or 12 when this yeah. movie came out. So that's the era I grew up around, although I wasn't in LA. But it is interesting seeing the styles. and But you do kind of go, oh, God. Here's the thing that kills me is like, the filmmaking is so at times you go like, Oh, this is great. And other times you go like, God, this is the sloppiest filmmaking I've ever seen. That <laughs> opening shot is hilarious. It's just yeah. this big panning shot of LA. That's the most unstable shot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like starting out the movie, like, okay, oh, like, okay. Kind of look pan. Oh, look up, no down. And, uh, but I guess back then, I, here's the thing as a, as a technical guy who directs mm-hmm. movies, I do. I can feel mm-hmm. over the years, ooh, I hit my microphone over the years when, Film editing, actual physical film editing changed into avid editing mm-hmm. because oh, you can just there because you, you can able to fine tune so exactly when you're on an avid doing mm-hmm. digital editing. But back then, you know, get two more frames, find that piece of film, put it on. And I think you hit a point where you're just like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> you know, you don't right. get into that fine tune. Because I'm constantly like, take a frame out, take this. And, and you just feel it with these things. There's kind of a weird mm-hmm. looseness to the to the mm-hmm. editing that is interesting. That is interesting. I will say during the opening, that opening pan, I in my head was just imagining the cameraman who's being held by his ankles out the window (laughs) of the helicopter because the way that that pan, this is no drone of pan that happens. And it is such a huge, it's like a good 180 degrees up and down. (laughs) There's no way to get to not get the edge of the helicopter unless you're being dangled out the front. So I do think that that was probably some of that shakiness. I mean, DP being hung out of helicopters, Mm -hmm. people, people having, Foam bricks just lobbed at them from yeah. high from a high elevation. Mm-hmm. The, what, the 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 crowning achievement in in effects from this movie has to be the woman who gets hit by a whole sheet of glass. Oh my god! Well, oh, now here because I saw this movie again in the theater because I was so excited because I love yeah. disaster movies Amazing. back then. And there's things I, that were implant, implanted in my head that I never forgot. One was George Kennedy's speech about. He hit this little girl and yeah. there's blood for for 10 feet, not splattered, solid blood. And I was just like, oh, as a kid, I was just so yeah. horrified by that. Mm-hmm. The Yeah, the moment with the woman getting hit with all the glass. But going like, these movies are kind of fucked up because <laughs> the whole, you know, the whole dynamic of that thing is like, mother, mother. And there's one, ah, and she's getting, you yeah. know, all this glass in her head. And then we watch this pro- protracted thing of this woman like, mother, mother. And like, wow, am I entertained by watching a woman's, <laughs> just watch her mother die in front of her? And it know. is. 
horribly. Ladies and gentlemen, when she gets hit by that sheet of glass, she turns around and she has Mm. shards embedded (laughs) in her entire face and they make a meal out of this moment. She is like to camera. She's shaking. She's writhing. She's Mm. blood pouring down her face. And there is just swords of glass coming out of her face. (laughs) But that was in the glass section of the, there there was sections in this movie and that was the one where everybody's getting hit with glass all of a sudden. So then, yeah, they went, (laughs) they went for it with the glass thing out of your forehead and <laughs> somehow went into your skull. No, these um, movies are so fucked up because obviously yeah. the dam breaks at a certain point, which we referenced, and the houses start getting swept away. And at one point there's like, just like a family exiting a home <laughs> and exactly. they get fucking wiped yeah. out by the coming wave and they have a stroller. Oh, yeah. They oh, have, yeah, a, it's like, oh God, baby down. Like it is yeah. so <laughs> gnarly watching people get taken out by that water because it's like, none of this feels like stunt people. This feels like no. those people look so sincerely knocked to hell by that water because they weren't ready. They weren't trained. This just <laughs> oh, fucked them up. Well, remember the, the incident that, that, that another thing I remember from a kid, mm-hmm. the incident that ends the first earthquake is all the houses are on fire and the one guy, they go like, go in and turn off your gas and he's like, <laughs> with a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, he's yes. like, all right, here I go. <laughs> and kaboom. And that, that's so powerful. It ends the earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> It, it realigns the tectonic plates. Yeah. He but really, waving, I, okay, I'll turn off the gas with, with, a, with cigarette a cigarette in my hand. It is, <laughs> I was wondering as he walked into that house with the lit cigarette, I was like, how will this go? How, is this just like a 70s thing where they're like, yeah, that's just, that'll be fine. Like having the doctor smoking while giving birth kind of situation. So I was really gratified to be like, okay, so the laws of chemistry still worked in 1974. There, cool. the there were consequences. Yeah. The casualness with which that like, because like it's shaking, it's screaming, it's madness and then you just hear turn off the gas and he really does like he just gives his neighbor a wave with a cigarette just dangling from his mouth i was like he looked like somebody asked him to go in and like get the bread like all right i'll be right back marv and then, even though all the houses are exploding around yeah. him he's he, mine's fine i love when when because it <clears throat> the bar that george kennedy's been in after the shaking stops yeah. um he like obviously the damage is being surveyed and this woman's like tending to an injured man on the ground and there is a full gas line open flame spewing out <laughs> yeah. next to her head and George right. Kennedy has to be like turn off that gas it's like ma'am why didn't you and that is a goddamn flamethrower coming out of the wall next to you. You're the cop. You do it. <laughs> yeah. Walk over there, man. Clearly she's in shock. <laughs> oh, my God. And the other moment that was imprinted in my brain. Yeah. That, and, but watching it again last night, I was like, oh, I forgot how corny this was. When the elevator drops. Oh, oh God. In the end, they got the animated blood that goes bleh, <laughs> under the screen. Blacks at the screen. <laughs> but it looks like a cartoon at that moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I love that. I love, I love that mode of, I love that cinematography of, of disaster movie in that era where it just becomes <laughs> hyper close on everybody. And it's just everybody yeah. panicking. And like right. so much, it's like, listen, we like, all we have is just people in an enclosed space. Like we can't do anything more with this. Just like put the camera really close so nobody knows what's going on. Well, and then, then like, clearly what said, happened was blood. Yeah, well, they said you hit the ground. It, everybody just crouched down, and they're like, mm-hmm. I can see like in a test screen, and they're like, ah, it doesn't look bad enough. I know, I got it. Let's throw some blood on the lens. And it, it, it looks like a Batman wipe. I love, I love that <laughs> yes, moment. It does look like right. it looks like. I kept waiting for them to be like the kapow, and the, <laughs> or at least flat. You know that that yeah. would have worked for it. No, and I was like, drops. while I was watching people absolutely handle this disaster wrong, yeah. like <laughs> how close could people stand to broken windows and high rises during an active earthquake? Like I, I was like, is this pre any earthquake educate? Like did anybody know? Cause like <laughs> when they all run for that elevator in the architecture yeah. firm, I was like, it is actively an earthquake. 
earthquake and you are getting in that elevator right fighting now. to get into an elevator i love that they make light of that moment too because he pushes oh God, out yes. the executive assistant mm-hmm. to the to the boss mm-hmm. and later on she's like he pushed me out of the elevator he pushed me out of the elevator and she's like the only nice thing he's ever done for anyone i know they have like a good laugh at that too they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he deserved it yeah him and all those other 20 people that got in that elevator exactly. <laughs> now, is it the, the stuff that's pouring through the vents is that asbestos no i have no idea what like that is smoke. it was suddenly like people were being chemical poisoned i thought uh, maybe it was, was it freon or something no or? it was it was basically mustard gas it was <laughs> i looked it up because i was like I, really? I need to know what the hell is happening i don't was understand that like, is stuff used as insulation there's no explanation for why it for why this gas i don't remember what they what gas it was called but there was i it's like industrial chemicals it's used in Ooh. plastic manufacturing and it basically is the equivalent of like must it was used as mustard gas Fuck. in world war one and it killed like oh i think it was like 80 percent of the the gas oh, yeah used it was horrendous gas. like it melts yeah. your insides or oh something oh my terrible. god yeah and like and so world it was just one was a piped. while before this and they were still like yeah put it in that building yeah. <laughs> it keeps it, it was warm being, it was being piped through the through the building in case of emergencies to help people evacuate quickly i guess that's <laughs> right motivate <laughs> That does that does feel like a I there when was, when at one point when the little boy Corey is out riding his bike. Yes. I was thinking of this when she's like, I might go for a walk later. I'll leave the kitchen door open when you get back. Go play. And yeah. I was thinking, yeah. I saw some tweet not too long ago that was like until somebody said something like until then, like nobody knew where their children were until like the mid nineties. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it was totally. just, I was like, yeah, this is a feral child. He's yeah, just, just like, go, out. Yeah. <laughs> go ride in the reservoir. Go, <laughs> go, go play in the park. Be careful going across the bridge. I might not be here when you get back. I might not be here when you get back. I'm this assuming you'll is- get back. I'm, I'm leaving a pack of cigarettes for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she's going to leave the house unlocked. The child is nine. He's recently lost his father. But yeah, this is going to be okay. This is a good environment. A, and she's going to take a walk around the stilt houses, which yeah. clearly are coming down. <laughs> that, the to, go, way- to go feel bad for herself because her, her brand new boyfriend, <laughs> who is also, you know, which she is the mistress of, who killed her, his father. Right. Like when that. Right. Kid, when he's 14 and his new stepdad, he puts those pieces together. That kid's going to be real fucking pissed. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the that I the fucking the walk that she when she's like, I'm going to go on a walk. And the way yeah. she's the way they said the worst her walk ever. <laughs> I'm going to go down this hill filled with shrub uh, scrub. What? Wave hello to the guy eating a chicken wing who continues to eat the chicken wing halfway through the the earthquake until his house collapses. And then he just kind of rolls down the hill. So yeah. I think he's actually okay. It's he, fine. Well, you're, you're an Angelino pops now. Up and starts running. Pops up and starts running. But as Angelinos, we all know that like there is that 10 seconds where you sit there and you go, yeah. how bad is this going to be before you make right. a decision to stop doing what you're doing to like maybe seek cover? Right. No, if you're lying in bed, you lie. Like my parents during the 94 quake, they were just lying there being like, how bad is this going to get? And uh-huh. then it kept yeah. going. And then they're like, oh, oh, this is going to be a bad one. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Because you, just, you decide, you you know, is it worth putting down your beer can and chicken leg? <laughs> Although hide? I think if you live in a stilts house, yeah. the, the criteria would be a little more. It really, uh, like, it looked like that house, probably, yeah. <laughs> right. It looked like that house didn't even have a front door. It was just like, no, it's just on stilts. It's the chemosphere. Like, there was <laughs> nothing tethering this house to the world. It was like, And nobody had any possessions either. When those houses no. come down, they're just <laughs> they're empty. empty. <laughs> I, I was like, I was talking recently with, or not too long ago with somebody about how like 
a hard, like it's, it's weirdly hard sometimes in like a script to be like, how do we get a character from one place to another? Like, <laughs> well, we need, we know where we need this character to go. Like, but now mm-hmm. we need to get them there in a way that makes sense. This <laughs> had Hutch. no regard for yeah. making it make sense. It was like, well, okay, we'll send her on a walk. Like, and like you said, worst walk ever. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's like in my, in my, in my matching set, salmon colored jeans and jacket, <laughs> I'm going to go scramble up a hill to nothing in particular, just to be near the houses that are going to collapse. <laughs> it was Very unbelievable. Generous. Oh my I god. I couldn't stop laughing at it. <laughs> the chicken leg. And the chicken leg. It was so good. It Again, so I hope good. the chicken leg was the actor's choice. I hope that he was just like, yeah. look, there's craft services. I haven't gotten I don't get speaking lines most of the right. time. I'm taking the most of this. And he I He was I the difficult it. actor who needs it's always <laughs> yeah. an actor that needs props. You'll go, okay, okay. Take a chicken leg. <laughs> he's the proto Brad Pitt always eating in a scene kind of actor, you know? <laughs> I I love that they like give them a relationship too. Like just yeah. the way she waves him and he waves back. It was like, oh yes, let's establish that this is her daily nonsense. This is her daily route. sad walk. Yeah. Her daily weird walk. <laughs> right. you'd be like, no, she does this regularly. This isn't yeah. weird. She does this all the time. Because there's not totally even a path normal. she's on. There, no, there's no, no, it's all fresh no. grass. So yeah. it's all, it just un, grows back. Untrodden path. <laughs> that 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 was a real highlight of this movie for me, and I the peril that her child gets into is great because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. ends up falling into the Hollywood. He falls into the Los Angeles Reservoir mm-hmm. and get like or the first river, of all, the LA River, the river yeah, the LA river. river, yes, yes, Still yes, yes. and. First of all, rendered unconscious by the fall and then threatened by collapsed pan- power lines. Yeah. You're yes. just dancing around him like snakes. It's mm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes. That child is unconscious for a long time. <laughs> if that child is unconscious. And then the doctor's like, he has a mild concussion. I gave him something to put him under, which is probably the <laughs> uh, opposite of what you should do. But that I'm not right. completely convinced that man was actually a doctor, to be honest. Like, I think he was. No, oh, I think he's so he super grumpy, too. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> well, he's the one who didn't want to tell people that somebody was dead so it's like get out of here (laughs) he just sends Ava Gardner's like what about my dad and he's he's like leave me alone and then he walks away but he has a moment of like should I tell her and then his his default is leave me alone that long pause is so funny it's like surely doctor she won't infer anything from this that doctor smokes in every uh, exam I guarantee that That (laughs) he drinks drinks a scotch too while he's telling you if you got cancer I I have to I have to just say a word to the incredible magnetic power of George Kennedy this man Mm -hmm. what a he just pulls every ounce of attention he is so Mm -hmm. handsome and gigantic i i i i see him so rarely that i forget how much i love seeing yeah george kennedy in just like his heyday because like the george kennedy i was introduced to was naked gun when he's hilarious but he's like he's older guy at that point he's i i like and then when i i only saw younger george kennedy movies later and i was like oh my god this is Mm. the this is like goofy frank drebin's like partner from (laughs) naked gun like what i just of those movies so oh, but yes. he was one of those guys like growing up i always liked george kennedy but he was a guy i had no idea how old he was ever like in that movie how old do you think he is is he say, in his 30s he is he in 50s? his 50s yeah, like or 25 yeah because then he's much older you know in like naked gun which is 20 years later and mm-hmm. he's i don't he's like one of these guys that just doesn't have an age about no him. no very no. weird but he, but he gets victoria principal he gets victoria so. principal and a puppy and, and puppy, that combination, yes. the fact that he he wow. saves the puppy, yeah. which has, I, I was like, you know what? Sure. 
That's what this movie was missing. This movie was missing a little cute white fluffy dog. Yes, that with an adorable amazing. puppy pouch in in uh, Charlton Heston's car that he could yeah. put it in. So that's so red. That car was so rigged for puppy. I was so excited. Like, Perfectly never, fit. <laughs> I, I it was like it was like that puppy accidentally ended up on set and real George Kennedy was like, "Well, I got to get the dog." Like it was just so sent it was just such a tender aside. Mm-hmm. And then like like you said, then they just put him in the puppy pouch in the Bronco. And like, well, yeah, let's continue this journey. And so when he saves Victoria Principal from a sexual assault at the hands of the crazed um, Marjo Gordon, uh, then he she's just like inconsolable. And right. he's just like, here, here, I got you something. He's like, calm down, that. calm down. Look, look, take care of this. And the puppy, and she's like, oh, and it's like, wow. We should use that in more trauma uh, yeah. recovery. I, I feel guess. like that was yeah, a real just throw 70s. puppies at people who are traumatized, especially. <laughs> women because we must nurture that's well, what it was yeah here take care of this yeah every ambulance should have a uh, little cage of puppies and like here, here you little, go little they should be extra long to accommodate the little cage of puppies yeah. that they mm. have to keep in there that felt like a real 70s uh therapy moment like here yeah. cope like we won't ever talk about it here's a dog like right okay yeah that's all we're ever going to do to deal with that for and recovery. now on the topic of uh marjo gortner um do you know his his history no no I know Marjo my dad Gardner, has talked about him, but I don't know. He's him. famous because he was a child evangelist. You look him oh. up. He, he was famous. He was like the, like a kid who would go around and do the, like, you know, and do the, the holy rollers kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. And um, then I think he fell out and then he was doing these movies. I don't think he was in many movies. Um, honestly, I think the only one I ever saw him in was this movie. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That so that go. is such Hell. to have George Kennedy say to him, they're like, what do you hate religion? Like <laughs> that's like an inside joke. Like, hey, yeah. say this to me. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. A little uh, old man trivia for him. Oh, I'm, that's good. Could you mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of like the idea now of like stunt casting a child evangelist in like 2021. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like the equivalent to that would be in like 30 years someone casts the yodeling child. That's our version of the of a child evangelist these days. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Charlie bit my finger or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what if like suddenly like a TikTok evangelist though was like a 12-year-old TikTok evangelist was just like the the toast of stunt casting. <laughs> that is I can't think of many weirder things than that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he he had that look of like he just come from the pages of Playgirl magazine too. Very yeah, so much. he had that that mustache yeah. was just yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had the look of someone who's been posing for things that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like you know this with a hand on his chin. Oh, very yeah, oh, but yeah. like you could see him in like the Burt Reynolds like spread pose, <laughs> exactly. like very much, <laughs> very much. <laughs> preach, I, preach to me, Marjo, or whatever. <laughs> Headline name of the, the story. Word, the word of Marjo. <laughs> the go. word of Marjo. Wow. Swing low, sweet chariot. Hi, <laughs> oh, what? Why would he possibly make that joke? <laughs> what? Record, God. record scratch. Exactly. I'm sorry, everybody. No, no, that was That's, essential. Yeah. I, 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 this movie, I guys, I, I wasn't, guys, I wasn't prepared for the end. No. I, yeah. That was a damn twist. Yeah. A little morality play at the end. We, because I'm sure the entire time that they're going to kill the other woman. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. she's like, she's, she's the, she t- tempted him to make him a philanderer. She, she's got to yeah. die. Yeah. And, oh, interesting. I thought that it was going to be that we were going to learn how to like, that at the end, 
the ex that the the ex-wife that Ava Gardner was basically going to be like, come on, we got to go back to our life. He's like, I can't live with you anymore. Like I thought right. that he was going to, you know, have made the choice in the ruins of the city yeah. to, to re- leave his, I thought that that's where this was going, that we were going to finally see her get her come up and says the awful yeah. woman, her father's dead. And now father's the man's dead. Like she, that oh. she's a woman in this world without a man now. Yeah. And that, but no, that's not what happens. Well, they, they they sure set her up to be a wonderful person. She's literally so mean from yeah. the get go, and then yeah. she stages, she fakes a suicide. Yeah, yeah, she fakes. She's an only OD. snapped out of when there's a tremor. So yeah, it's- yeah, she fakes an OD that Charlton Heston calls to get like at the very beginning. This is when we meet her, and then <laughs> basically, and then he like calls like somebody to send like medical help, and then there's a tremor, and it freaks her out. She jumps up into his arms, and he mm-hmm. realizes he's been conned. Well, and no, then- and this is and this is multiple times too, because when he yeah, calls, she that has guy, done this. Because he calls, yeah. not, he doesn't call nine one one, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, nope, you might as well call because they'll respond to you." Because apparently, ambulances have stopped coming to his house. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't, I did not catch that. That is a very fair point. Yeah, yeah, that's a very I did fair like point. the moment though when he's like, "If you're gonna, if you're gonna throw him on yes. the toilet, at least flush it," <laughs> which I hope he was talking about the pills, not so. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, then we, then she tries to get her dad to like, I don't know what her what her goal is. She's like. I guess like she doesn't want him to see this other woman anymore, yeah. but then she's like, so give him a promotion, dad. It's like, I don't get how, like, did she think he was going to stage it to him? Like, listen, Charlton, I'll give you, I'll make you president if you stop yeah. seeing this woman. But instead he just like offered him a promotion because he's good at his job. Yeah. And then I, it was kind of like, it sounded like a pretty massive promotion too. And yeah. he was so angry about it. And I was kind of like, well, really? And then she was, then she immediately gave up the game, right? So now you're not going to see him. And- yeah. So now you're not going to see that bitch anymore. Yeah. And then he, she was not a very good at calculating her. <laughs> no, Ava yeah. was not a savvy con woman. Not, no. she was not playing this long game well at all. So yeah. he's like about to turn, he's probably about to quit this job. He's, I, I I just at the very end, guys, like they're the place where everybody that we know in the movie has gone for medical treatment. Well, there's an aftershock that and it collapses. is below ground. We got to really reiterate. Yeah. I want to point out because we <laughs> we haven't seen such yeah. poor disaster planning since Volcano when they put <laughs> since all the of Beverly the children since the Planet Hollywood. <laughs> yes. And they put all the children in the Hard Rock Cafe like yeah. that was <laughs> the, the Hard Rock. Yeah. Just un, <laughs> just unregulated children running amok inside of the Hard Rock Cafe with Here, only Gabby Hoffman to care for them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the second mistake. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here yeah. they put all of the all the people who aren't wounded go into the second to third basement level <laughs> of an open, mm-hmm. like an open centered mall area. Yeah. And they're all stored underground because that's where you want to be after an earthquake yeah. is as low to inside of the earth. Cause you want to get as close to the earthquake as possible, like <laughs> yeah. within the ground. So that it, it's like, Oh, it's, it, it mistakes you for the earthquake. Right. And yeah. So they have the, all the survivors have been put underground mm. for safekeeping, which I think like, as soon as they <laughs> said, that, I was like, this is, I know it was 1974, but like, <laughs> come on guys. We knew mm. at least then that maybe the building might like, that was and, that, and that aftershocks exist. Like we yeah. know that we know that this is going to happen. But I don't care because it gave us one more bricks being thrown at extras, which I was like, <laughs> oh my God, fake Walter <laughs> Matthau finally, finally he, taking the hit. Yeah. Well, he did take a hit. Yeah, that's right. He actually. Uh, yeah. I don't think he makes it out. And and so like we, there are like three levels of mall that are filled mm-hmm. with people, yeah, right. like 50 remain at yeah. the, after this aftershock, one right. cavern of people makes it. And George Kennedy and Charlton Heston are bound and determined to like, he knows every inch of this building and he's going <laughs> to jackhammer through walls and dirt to get to the people on the other side. Yeah. And he finds, well, this is the cavern that has Ava Gardner and his mistress in it. 
And they, they're like, they're getting everybody out, even the little boy in a stretcher. Well, guess what? That rushing river coming down from the broken Hollywood reservoir is about to flood. I don't know, everywhere. And so they have to get everybody out before these, these tunnels flood that they're evacuating through because they're basically coming out of a sewer pipe. Mm. And that is when we get the conclusion to this movie that I just deeply did not expect. Yeah. And then it's kind of over. <laughs> it's kind yeah. Of they get blown away. And then uh, George Kennedy hugs a uh, Victoria principal and then the movie's over. Yeah. Like every they're they're like Jarlton Heston is like he's like noble the whole way through. He's like last man out, last man out. He's getting everybody out before him. And then the wave comes through the tunnel and it washes away a ton of people. And he's about to, he's about to make the escape. And then Ava Gardner gets washed away and he goes after her to save her and i was like oh okay now he's and then then i thought amanda that it was going to be the thing Mm -hmm. that you said like oh he's going to get her to the surface he's going to save her but then he's going to be like not anymore and then leave her like dripping wet and alone (laughs) with no man at all and instead they just get washed away and you're like where are they gone yeah yeah Yeah. But then there's there's not a lot of nobility in it also because no. he gets her. She's like, let go. <laughs> she's fighting him. And then he kind of lets her go. And then then it gets hazy because it's like, I think he's just trying to get out of there. And then yeah. he can't until he gets swept away with her. So I don't know who did the right thing in that situation. Yeah. And there's no way to know. And it's weird because you also like we don't see him die. No, and normally you'd no. think for top billing for Charlton Hessen, you'd think you'd get a moment, like one last <laughs> Some thing. exit line. Yeah. yeah. You know, like shouting back at people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> shouting back at like, I love you. Like yeah. back to his mistress yeah. or something. And it was just like, whoop, whoop, there he went. It <laughs> was like we really like lost him. The hand on the rung and then it slips off. And then you're yeah. like, oh, and then he doesn't make it. Right. But or instead, he hands a baby up, you know, yeah, before exactly, he goes or something. Exactly. His AK-47. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Save my guns. I'm going now. <laughs> I was really worried for a second we were going to lose George Kennedy because when Charlton yeah. goes to get Ava Gardner, mm-hmm. it, George Kennedy is like on the ladder trying to go up. And then he's looking back and you're like, and I'm like, don't go save him. Don't, yeah. don't go save him. Like, we yeah. can't lose George Kennedy. And thank God he yeah. just goes up the ladder and he gets out and he goes to yeah. now his future wife and puppy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, if you're a guy that saves a puppy in a movie, your chances are you're not going to get killed at the end. <laughs> yeah, we know if you. Yeah, if you're responsible for the pain and suffering of the puppy, you die. If you save the right. puppy, you, you must live. Exactly. Those are the movie rules. Mm-hmm. Now, remind me, was Ava Gardner in Towering Inferno? I can't remember. She, she's not the one that fell out of the. No, uh, that was a okay. different. The one that Amanda was so scarred by, she physically, oh. she mentally blocked out that that <laughs> right. death happened, right. and we had to like talk off. about it on the. Podcast. Oh my god! When she bounced off of the elevator. Oh wow. <laughs> And like you yeah, said, these leaving, movies are leaving up, Fred Paul. Astaire with her yeah. cat. Yeah. Leaving Fred Astaire with her cat. Exactly. That is, I, I mean, time and a place I, for that statement. I will say one thing is because I was a big Irwin Allen fan mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I love Poseidon Adventure and I love Towering Inferno. This, we went to see it thinking it was him because it's another disaster movie. But although totally. it, this one before, I don't remember. But all, all I can say is, Irwin Allen was pretty good because the quality of his movies versus this one was, yeah. Marked difference, I would dare say. There is, there is, there's a, there's a, there's a luxuriousness about the Poseidon Adventure and about the Towering Inferno that you don't, because like the, the, I feel like even the, the architecture, like the building that they, the firm works in, that high rise, it feels like there would have been a lot more bells and whistles in an Irwin Allen movie. (laughs) Like there would have been like a gilded foyer, and instead it's just like a particle board office. Yeah, it's really a shitty building. Uh, it's really a shitty Charlton building. Charlton Heston built. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> exactly. 
We spend a lot of time on that missing staircase, though. You yeah. Know, there's a that, lot with lowering people down on the I was homes. shocked that that spent so much time. I, we didn't lose any. We, like, obviously, like, yeah. dad starts we lost to some get red chemical shirts on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this is definitely where we lose Ava Gardner's dad. And she, yeah. like, for sure only has mm-hmm. Charlton. And then we'll later lose one or two of them. Like, yeah. and then nobody died. I was like, oh, wow, they just got everybody. Except <laughs> well, for, spent, like you said. Yeah. Well, they spent yeah, a bunch of red shirts. But they, they, they spent a lot of time setting up the, oh, the hose is ripping and you're like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Yeah. And then when it rips, it's like, oh, and he like takes it off and throws it. And it's like, oh, OK, so that yeah, was really, it, really it just a like threat. Watch it fall. It was like, wow, OK, red herring. Right. Yeah. Charlton. There's a lot of that. We just made it like when they get out of that tunnel, the minute mm-hmm. they're uh, like that thing caves. Right. In. The the wall. Yeah. They, there's yeah. a lot of, of threats to Charlton that don't actually come through in any way. <laughs> right. He's like, well, near I could have. Yeah, a lot of near misses. Carlton you, could only be so threatened. Exactly. <laughs> when you saw this, yeah. So when you saw this in theaters, like, do you remember? Because uh, this is something that you got to see in real time. Yeah. Like, what did leading into it? Do you remember seeing the ad? Like, were there ads yeah. for it before? Like, what was the kind of the hype for you on this? Do you remember? Well, That's my question. friend. Let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. This was not just a movie. <clears throat> this was a big deal because this was the first movie uh, released in. Sense around. Oh, yes. Is at the end credits that you mm-hmm. see it? It says sense around. Yeah. What that was is because it was the theater in my in my um, hometown. They brought in subwoofers, but I mean, like you know those the the speakers that are in front of like uh, mm-hmm. uh, musicians when they're on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those like triangle things, and they lined the theater, the edge of the theater, with them. And so when the earthquake started, they just had this subwoofer going so it rattled the whole theater oh, wow. which even then i was going like i think this theater might cave in because <laughs> yeah. it's so extreme but that was that was the big selling point that was the enticement to come to see this that you would wait for the sense around thing to turn on it was only during the earthquakes but it was pretty effective i have to say we thought that was really cool so it made the action mm-hmm. more uh exciting for us back then even though there was some stuff you go that looks kind of cheap but um so that yeah it was a big deal and then um that 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 process didn't last very long the only other time i saw it was when the original Battlestar Galactica they oh. put it out as a movie they oh wow and these and it was in sense around but the hilarious thing was they had all these speakers and the only time they ever used it when they had an outside establishing shot of the spaceship they would just and the whole thing would, <laughs> and then that was it so they would just turn that on occasionally so um I don't think they knew it now every movie's in sense around because we have giant subwoofers in theaters now who was the who was the person that people were most excited to see was it Charlton Heston like was he like the draw for a movie he like was this? a big star yeah he was a big star uh, uh, uh George Kennedy was definitely a big star okay, um yeah. But beyond that, I don't. I mean, I guess we all love Dave. I don't. I, Ava Gardner was you know, my parents. I guess they mm-hmm. liked her. Uh, I Genevieve Bougeau, I just thought was so pretty. But um, yeah, stunning. Yeah, but it, it was really it was the action and the earthquake was, okay. which is why it's hilarious when you make those movies. You know, everybody just wants to see the earthquake. I'm going to wait an hour until I get to an earthquake. <laughs> right, let's really yeah. hook them. Let's really get temblers. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of setup. A lot of setup. Yeah, who do like by the end? Like our main people, like Richard Roundtree. He seems. Oh, to Richard make Roundtree. It. He was a, he yeah. was pretty big actually. Yeah, he seems yeah. to make it. His him and his boss, I think, make it. Mm-hmm. And like most of more of our ensemble lived than I thought. Yeah, like, yeah. Really, when when Charlton and and Ava go, I was mm-hmm. most surprised because it happened when it did. But I was also yeah. like, wow, I like we certainly like, considering the body counts that we could see in something mm-hmm. like Towering Inferno and and yeah. Poseidon, 
I was I was startled to see the survival rate for, yeah. for the headliners. Well, the weird thing was though, poor Lauren Green, like they made such a big deal about like we got to get him here, and then and then he just like ignominiously died like off yeah. camera. Yeah. We can yeah they take him in. Oh, can you save him? Yeah, yeah. And we come back and the doc, the smoking doctor's like, I never had a chance. And he, like, walks away. <laughs> it's like, wow, I thought Lauren would at least get like a parting line of you know save my children or something. Yeah, I yeah, like no. that neither he nor Charlton Heston. It was yeah. just like eh, you know. Well, we ran out of time. Just write yeah. them off. Like this we is before you had a good them. exit line. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before the, the, the decade of either, you know, the pithy thing you say before you kill somebody or the final <laughs> exit line. I, guess. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing that I was most I was waiting for that we never got was I was waiting for Richard Roundtree's Miles to do some sort of stunt jump in order to right. save someone. They yeah. make such, great. We got so much lead. There was not. It did not need to be that Miles was a a showman stunt (laughs) jumper going (laughs) through death defying hoops of fire because it doesn't ever pay off. Uh -uh. And I was we just watched his entire set get destroyed in his dream highway. And then he rides around on a motorcycle for a bit. Yeah. 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 Nobody's better on this thing than me. Which (laughs) that's probably true only because, well, we don't see anybody else on a motorcycle. So by (laughs) default, you are the one man on a motorcycle. (laughs) I was so they never pay that off. They never I was so waiting for I thought that like we were gonna get him to do like a jump stunt to get down to the boy in the ravine to get down to Corey. Because I was like, okay, cool. We've got a ramp, we've got we've got the the fallen power lines. Yeah. We've got death defying moments. He's gonna we're gonna get this cool. No. No, he has a cool truck. That's it. He has yeah. a flatbed. He has a flatbed truck to transport bodies. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He well, this movie did did smack to me of a movie that ran out of money. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I just kind of even that ending. I go like, I, yeah. I, I have a feeling there might have been more that they wanted to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, or like they, they they were like, shoot, we, we've got all our filming days from Charlton and he's not doing more. So we like he was supposed <laughs> right. to emerge victoriously down. and out of the sewer. And he instead like they're like, no, we're. Charlton won't come back to and this stunt double. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just have, yeah, we'll have a parting conversation with somebody from the back of their head and, mm-hmm. some, and, and that'll be it. And we'll call him Charlton Heston. We'll ADR <laughs> this one later. Exactly. <laughs> He's got Walter oh, Matthau's dance double back in for it. Right. Walter Matthau's dance double. Now, did you watch the end credits? Did you see Walter Matthau's credit? They give, him a, they give him a crazy name. It's Walter Marvith, blah, 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 but like is literally like 20 letters long. So that's oh, really? an inside I mean, joke. He, he really must have been just like, like you said, on a neighboring set. Yeah. And oh, someone totally. was like, hey, Walt, totally. you want to stop by? Yeah, he's shooting a new leaf for whatever movie he was in at the time. <laughs> right. Like, Come on yeah. over here, like, Walter. <laughs> truly just like a friend of the show who right. decided to stop by. Yeah. Right. If, you, if you give me a crazy costume, I'll do it. All yeah, right. exactly. Well, there was also when when Denise is going down the escalator to go down to the, the death trap, there's a guy next to her who's in a Bears baseball uniform. Right. And so I was looking, I was like, is there some I was like, this has to be. Did someone direct it who also directed Bear Bad News Bears? No, it just was like this the confluence. They're like, well, this is a thing that people recognize. I don't know what it was, but I was so thrilled <laughs> to see yet another Walter Matthau tie in there with Bad News Bears. Yeah, there you go. I think there's a lot yeah. of just random costumes going on. <laughs> they just went into the Universal. They're like, well, we got the Universal yeah. costume thing. We yeah. need to have 700 extras dressed. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they, again, when I was a tour guide, that that mm-hmm. most of that stuff was shot on the Universal uh, back yeah. lot, Main Street, the New York Street, they call it. And uh, we actually, actually, when I was a tour guide there in 81, there was still a lot of those buildings, the glass mm-hmm. ones that the glass was falling from. So I remember actually going and finding the place where the where the poor woman's mother got <laughs> impaled oh, by God. glass. Going, oh, that happened right here. This upset me so much back then. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, that's genuinely cool. I've never gone on the Universal <laughs> tour, but I was there like filming like a like a news bit thing one time. And I like we had to get there at like 7 a.m. So the lot was still very like foggy, like morning fog. And I like we were up by the psycho house. And if you go around the corner from the psycho house, it's like mm. the <clears throat> It's like maybe like War of the Worlds. It's like a fuselage. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, that yeah, that that's and, yeah, yeah, that's and newer from when I was. Yeah, the war that was the that, War of the Worlds fuselage. Seeing mm-hmm. that in like the morning fog with no one there was really mm-hmm. fucking haunting. I was like, yeah. oh, I've just walked into a small suburb that's been decimated by a, a fallen plane. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, it, it was well, so spooky. No, it's cool. I mean, when, when I was I mean, a big movie fan, but I was, you know, coming from Michigan in 1981, moved to L.A. to become a tour guide. I thought I was in the heart of showbiz. I mean, right. literally thought you were going to get discovered as a tour guide. Mm-hmm. People who came on the tour thought they were going to get discovered. These people would show up, especially women would show up all dressed up. And you're like, what? Right, up? right. Like, oh, I, you think this is going to happen. But that but it was cool. And you're seeing stuff that, you know, that at least when I'm at my age, you know, back then it was stuff that I'd seen. Like, there's the Leave it to Beaver house. Like, oh, my God. You know, that kind of thing in the psycho house. And yeah. but then then one of the big attractions was um, the ice cave from an episode of the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, my God. The tram wow. used to go through. I don't know if that's still there. It used to be this. You go into this thing. It rotates? And, yeah, rotates. And you go like, oh. Oh, yeah. So that was yeah. in that, you know, but we had to like push it like from the Bigfoot episode in there. You can tell people are like, what? But uh, I love the social it. contractor. They did it as, like, I'm getting discovered here. Exactly. <laughs> they redid it as Dante's Peak in the 90s. Oh, right. And I, then they redid it as the mummy, I think. In yeah, they redid it as like the mummy. Um, oh, okay. In the early 2000s, I don't know what it is anymore. But that's again, I nice. went on it a lot as a child. So, <laughs> but Jaws is still there. Which Jaws you know, is I, still there. My claim to fame is I fell on Jaws Lake when I was a, a tour guide. Yeah, because you know how I don't think I I recently took it, um, and I don't think they make the the dock. They don't drop tilt anymore. it anymore. I don't know. Maybe they do. I, but that was the thing. We were on it, and I was mm-hmm. up front doing my thing. And, and this was in the 70s, so this one woman was wearing clogs, and she was kind of like dangling her <laughs> clog over the side. And so the thing dropped, and her clog fell in the water. And so when we got out of the thing, um, she's like, my, my shoe's floating. I was like, oh, God. So I went back, and I'm trying to grab it, and it's way far out, and I'm reaching, reaching, and then the dock reset, and I fell in. <laughs> As Jaws was backing up, to re- and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to get ground ground up by uh, Jaws's tail!" So uh, <laughs> I had to clamber out out of the water very unceremoniously. So did you did did you get the clog? I did get the clock. <laughs> you did. The I was a hero. I day. was a hero, and that's the, and that's how I met my wife. <laughs> we, we still have that clog today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we still keep that clog. <laughs> we bronzed it. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that bring us to the stage of the show where we talk about what this movie was really about? Then, Amanda, do you have any thoughts? All you know, of them? Uh, all of the. I think so. I think this movie was really about how we're failed by these many of the social structures that we like that we trust in. Truly, we're failed by the police. We're failed by the national guard, and we're failed by building codes in this movie. When the national guard shows up and immediately just takes the streets with guns, I was like, yeah. okay, you just got here. Like yeah. you haven't even seen what you have just arrived, and we've just seen that like. Because uh, George has just commandeered Miles's truck as a flatbed to transport bodies, and then we see all of these bo- these people being moved in on these trucks that they could be transporting people on. And instead, yep. they're all they're doing is putting like seven men 
onto street corners to stop looters, which felt very real. Like that yes. is, yes. in terms of the reality index of it, the idea that we'd send in the National Guard to stop looters, 100% is a thing that would happen because yeah. that is like, we got to protect property, which like, I understand why logically that's where we go to, but also this is a, as we are told repeatedly in this movie, and a disaster unlike any the U.S. has ever seen. Yeah. I mean, the entirety of Los Angeles has apparently been leveled. Yeah. And so- It's disintegrated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that we've got these, the National Guard should be there to theoretically help transport bodies, help triage, help do these things, put out fires, anything. Anything. And all they're doing is protecting property. And then, of course, you've got, you know- one dude who's just like, well, I'm king now and yeah. I'm going to rape the hot woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, She's my captive now. And all of his like the other guys in his unit are just like, yep, I guess he's just going to keep her in that weird building. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's nuts. Like, that guy. Yeah. Nuts. And they're, just, like, they're totally cool with it right up until like the last few moments when finally when finally um, they're like, I, I guess we don't want to be any part of this. And they run away. But then also, I mean, like, again, the we see you know, George is in that situation where he is, he's taken off of the force. He's put on leave because he chased, he did the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And we find out that, you know, there's a big, because problem he the tried sheriff. to hold power accountable. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. sheriff's deputies didn't want him in their, his jurisdiction, their jurisdiction, but he knew that they weren't going to do anything about it. And then we also have, um, you know, uh, what's Charlton Heston mm-hmm. trying to convince the guy, the building guy, that he should the this developer that he should be using higher building codes and he's like yeah. well we're up to Los Angeles code but the truth is is when you build just to code mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. essentially means you're building to what we know last right, last time right, everybody yeah. died and we didn't do this one thing so we're going to try and not do that thing in the future yeah if you're just building to code you're going to end up with a lot of death and being like well this is our code and we aren't going to hold you to any higher standard than that so this was, I think, as many of these movies are about kind of the fail, whether it means to be or not, it is about these institutional failures that we keep seeing over and over again. The dam, the fact the that we, we didn't even really talk about mm-hmm. anything that happens on the dam. <laughs> we, in the opening moments after the first earthquake, one of the dam workers fully drowns in an elevator shaft that is filled to the brim with water. It is a fish mm. tank. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, you know, yeah, they're like, we couldn't find anything <laughs> wrong with couldn't it. Find a crack. Yeah. <laughs> He's always doing that. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the elevator got the floodsies. What do you want from us? It yeah. happens. Oh, Jerry. <laughs> that clown. <laughs> but yeah, we see at every level, these kind of institutional failures and it's night, you know, it's 1974. You're coming out of the Nixon era. I think that this movie was kind of to a degree about that, about the way mm-hmm. that we were failed by the things that were supposed to protect us. And it mm-hmm. comes down to essentially it's only other people as these movies are. It's only about the other people. Mika would, uh, Mika would say it's about your, the connections you make or what you're going to yep, survive. That's with. right. The, the safest so, thing you can do is build community around you. And that nice. is what we learn. Unless the community is your creepy grocery store guy who gives you yeah. credit. In which case, yeah. don't build that community. But otherwise, build your community. This yeah, is move a to a new community. Mm-hmm. In the crash style where everyone knows each other, you know? <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So in the crash style. <laughs> in the style of crash. Yeah, so that's where, that's where I'm going with this. What do you guys nice. think the movie was about? Paul, what do you think the movie was about? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, everything you said is definitely a huge part of yeah. it. I also think it's it's a little more of a nihilistic kind of, look, mm. you can all have your little problems and you'll be trying to get <laughs> your lives together and do all this stuff. But when Mother Nature comes in, you know, it's over or, or <laughs> yeah. good luck. Everybody's on equal footing and it depends where you are. So I, I did find it to be a very sort of um, a negative message, especially when, <laughs> when the lead man dies in the end, saving the wife who clearly hates him, yes. um, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a little bit uh, nihilistic. Um, and I also think it was just a money grab. <laughs> like, we got this thing, sense around, we got, you know, and, um, you know, let's uh, let's see how much we can milk milk, milk out of this. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think I, I, I think that both I'm with both of you on that, and I, I, I do. It is a movie that's like about like almost the futility of hope, unless you're like George Kennedy, like <laughs> unless unless you are like strong and powerful enough to carry the world on your back, like George Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just like like you said, you can have your little problems, you can have your little lives, but like. <laughs> It, not even a, like a part of LA will survive. This slate's going to be fucking wiped clean. Mm. This like they're at one point when they're driving around, I forget which of the characters said, but it's like, this used to be a hell of a town. Oh, yeah. And it's like the way it's like, wow. Okay. So LA just straight up doesn't exist anymore. And it's yeah. never going to get rebuilt. And like the dream <laughs> is dead. Like this, like there's a particular kind of cynicism about it that like in hand in hand with it's like money grab aspects does feel very like, man, yeah. No one no one had a no one had a higher agenda who was yeah. making this movie and so therefore seems like they didn't realize just how sort of deeply dark the entire affair feels in the yeah. end. Yeah. And most people back then kind of who didn't live in LA like hated LA or like yeah. fun of LA like oh they're all fruits and nuts out there. That was always the thing <laughs> you'd hear a million times like okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was the big insult that you would hear in the Midwest. Roots and that feels yeah. like such a perfect Midwest insult. Mm-hmm. It was, oh my God, it was so funny. I mean, when I was moving out, oh, you're going to land the fruits and nuts. Oh my God, stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to think that um, if if LA is still slandered by folks in the Midwest, that they're still saying it's the land of fruits and nuts. Yeah, I, yeah, I, know, that, I guarantee I they that are. It, that, you know, with a hot dish. People are still calling L.A. the land of fruits and nuts, <laughs> just the land that time forgot back, right, exactly. you know, in certain points there. Now, would would either of you would either of you dream cast this differently? I short of putting George Kennedy in every role. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. He's perfect. I I would probably I hate to say this is heresy. Uh, replace Charlton. Um, not that not that this actor would do it, but if yeah, Robert right. Redford would somehow show up <laughs> as that guy, how great would that have been? Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that would have been would a nice have... bookend to Paul Newman being an architect in a uh, towering Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that, so exactly. that would have been some nice synergy. I yeah, maybe get like I've got the hiccups. <laughs> oh no! Oh, what I wonder why it? you turned off your mic. <laughs> because I keep having the hiccups, and I was like, maybe I can stop this, and I cannot. There's no stop. There you go. This. <laughs> oh no! There. Yeah. Well, what a great, what a great detail. <laughs> And then maybe I think we then you have to recast David Gardner though, so maybe like a Barbara Bach or somebody like that, you know. That okay. Kind of thing. Or, uh, or even um wait oh, who oh, wait who's the one who was in the the scuba suit? Oh, I'm blanking out. It's not Genevieve, but it's uh, Bissett. Oh, Jacqueline Bissett. Jacqueline Bissett. Yeah, yeah, you need like you know the the. Yeah, the the sexy wife who's like rejecting her husband, you know, and all that, and she's trouble. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think in that case, she you would either have to really play up the horribleness, or like it would be because it's Robert Redford, it would be just like two this 
you know, his wife adores him, but also this widow, the Brian will, the, the widow Brian, as she keeps being referred to, the widow, <laughs> the widow, the widow Brian Marshall, as she keeps being referred to over and over again. It was, like you would also have the widow Brian Marshall being like this doe eyed. I think you would probably flip it. And yeah, you'd have his wife being sexier. And then you'd have sort of like a blonde doe eyed innocent yeah. that he sort of, you know, takes a liking yeah. to. Yeah, there, there's that interesting exchange with with Charlton and the mistress where she's like, I'm playing a nymphomaniac in this new script. I'm not a nymphomaniac, <laughs> oh but my I'm God. also not perfect. It was like, yeah. we're just having a talk about how everybody's yeah. down to get it on here. Like, <laughs> exactly. we're not, she's not like, we're not making her like the, it's not like this angel shrew binary. She's yeah. like, listen, I've got, I've had my times around. And he's like, hey, so have I. It was like, what is this band yeah, right just go, now? Yeah. You just go, ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. that's all the, I, don't, Char, I don't want to watch sexy Charlton Heston, you know? No. Yeah. No. no even that moment they have that kiss between him and oh. Genevieve. I'm like, oh, why did that have to happen? <laughs> like, why do I have to see that? I was so grateful that they were both fully dressed when we revealed oh, yes. that they have yes. since made love. And he oh made, when he made love, but he was ink. He, he that did was angry, which was jarring. such a red when she oh said God. that it was yeah, such a red Jesus. flag. I was like, oh, what was, did we just not see? <laughs> yeah. And he like, sprawled across the bed, but it is just his shirt is unbuttoned. So I don't yes. quite know. That must and, have been really angry sex if he didn't even take his pants off. And like <laughs> sprawled across the bed like horizontally. Yeah. Like it, everything about that was so, so weird. Oh, God, God, that was weird. It was weird. It was so I had to for Emily, Emily Edwards uh, podcast, Fuck Boys Lit. I was like, let's do, She after she came on our podcast, I was like, can I come on and do Jaws? Because I love Jaws, love the movie. So I was like, I'm going to read the book and this is going to be great. What they don't tell, tell you about the book is it is nothing like the movie in many ways, but one of the biggest ways is that Hooper sucks. Oh, oh, twist. Really? Yeah, Hooper really? sucks. Hooper has an affair with Mrs. Brody. And oh my God. The way it's described is that he ends up, he basically like, she felt like he was just kind of mounting her. Oh my God, the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> and she, he has the same cold, dead shark eyes. And like, she felt like he was just like, oh my God, staring into space away, from, like that he was, there was a dis disconnect and he's just like mounting her and staring into space. Oh, these frenetic eyes of a shark. Oh God. It's everything <laughs> about this book. Do not, this book is such a mess. They talk about oh penises. It's weirdly horny. It's, oh my God. There's a mafia subplot, subplot. Basically everything that Peter Benchley did in this book is like, Steven Spielberg was like, well, we're keeping the shark. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that Different was ball. it. Well, that, um, I, that, but that was that 70s lit thing. There's yeah. always like really disturbing sex in those. I remember like getting the book, the novelization, or it was the book that, that Towering Inferno was based mm -hmm. on and just immediately wading into these really graphic descriptions yeah. of sex scenes. And you're like, oh, what is, I wonder, where's the fire? Like, why am right. I reading where's, this? this I'm, is I'm 13 years old. I don't want to read this. Exactly. <laughs> I'm 13 years old. Described like, so unsexily, you know. Oh, it's all, It'd be yeah, like if Jurassic Park opens up with like Gr Alan Grant furiously masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> While imagining a raptor, that is the level yeah. of what you said. It's what just the like the beginning of Apocalypse you. Now, but it's <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah, but the point is, so that immediately made me think of that. And I'm just like, what was what was wrong with the way that got, guys were having sex in this early to mid-70s that they were doing? And that women were like, this is normal. This is, <laughs> this is consensual. I'm like, oh, honey. No. Yeah. 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 No, I remember that on like an episode of 30 something. There was a whole debate about you, you, the sex was very angry. It's like, what is ugh, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> 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 I 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a real weird, like, the again, the various surprise layers, layers of darkness about this film. And that is one of the mm-hmm. most deeply dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how many, you know, we've evoked it many times then, how many towering infernos mm. does the earthquake get out of five? Boy. Mm. Uh, you want to go first, Amanda? Oh, okay. Um, I, <laughs> I'm throwing it to you. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm going to do 3.7. I was entertained through this movie. Okay. Like, I was. Oh my gosh. I was thoroughly entertained. Um, I think that we got a good density of disaster. We did get, once that hour mark hit, we did yeah, get that. This wasn't like with airport where we're waiting for wow. two hours to get to wow. the disaster. And then the disaster is kind of like, it's a, a dude Pop. on a plane and it's just, that's exactly. it. That was, yeah. Like, fucking haul. Right. <laughs> But this wasn't Poseidon Adventure for, for sure. No, absolutely no. not. So I got to go like 3.75. I think okay. that they this was stronger than it needed to be, but it it needed more. It, yeah. did. it needed yeah. more. But man, when they the miniatures, when they're unleashing the flood on the miniatures. Oh, man, yeah. that, that was sequence, awesome. Like I couldn't. That, that was, was good. Like, There's nobody who can do that anymore. And that's yeah. just. And you can't. A, yeah, it's too expensive. It's it's like I, every movie I do, I try to get miniatures in them, and it's so expensive that you can't mm. do it. Yeah, and then you end up having to augment it with you know a CG anyway. Yeah, so it's just like it's it's so it when they're when they're throwing bricks at pe- people, it works. It's just that unfortunately, when Charlton Heston has to do anything, it's less compelling. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> as All the right. star of the movie. Yeah, which um, is yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna give it a three. Mm, Towering Inferno okay. again because. I, I liked all the all the miniature work and the action and all that stuff. Um, I, I take points off for some cruelty, but that's that is a part of a disaster, and also just some random sloppiness as as right. filmmaking yeah. goes, and also like a really just a weird central story of why is this marriage so fucked up? And why is <laughs> so she so mean? Oh, and yeah. it, and it's it, you know it's just uh, yeah. I think there's lots of seventies. Well, my wife, you know, yeah. my mother-in-law, you know, drinking and like, <laughs> she won't ever shut up over there. So, you know, so it was a little, the misogyny was uh, running. Through. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a three for me as well. And it's, it's pulled to a three by the, uh, by the, the disaster punishment and by George Kennedy. So that's what's landing yeah. it at the three for me. Because yeah. Charlton, it's not Charlton. He's not the one putting it there. And Eva Gardner, Eva Gardner's doing the best she can with there what she's, go. with what she's got. So. Right. And I, I have to take also points, slight points off for using too many to cutaways to Walter Matthau. Oh which, my God. Because it, it's a bit of a tonal thing too. This is, as, a, as a filmmaker, we're always trying to ride the tone wave where you go, oh, I want to get a laugh in here, but I can't subvert the thing. And they're right. just clearly going for just big laughs in the middle of everybody's dying. And he's like, I can't get the drink to my lips. <laughs> and he's yelling out names. What does he keep that? He keeps like yelling out Peter Fonda. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. He yells, he yells out like a. I, a president he toasts to like a to was the vice president at one yeah. point yeah he posts toast to honus wagner no, right. okay. exactly and then i swear i think it is peter he, he fonda, peter fonda. Yeah, and that makes everybody does. mad for some reason like george kind of like, oh, looks overall <laughs> don't you dare i lost a role to that guy <laughs> i was supposed to be an easy writer <laughs> i i yeah we of course we get a classic where are gonna where are you gonna get a drink around here from him <laughs> it's like well you've had about nine thousand so i guess it's fine <laughs> yeah the, walter Matthau and his perm and his huggy bear suit were, right 
like you said, the broad, the broadest laughs in the middle yeah. of death exactly. and destruction. But but uh, uh, but even the, an, an entrance. So there's just a guy, a red hat mm-hmm. down on the thing, and then at one point, strategically comes up, and you're like, "Hey, it's Walter Matthau." Well, <laughs> oh, remember as a kid, uh, the weird thing though, watching it again, they go like, "Clearly, it's Walter Matthau." As a kid, we spent the whole movie going like, "Is is that Walter Matthau?" We couldn't figure out if it was him. I don't oh, know why. Funny. For some, I think the sense around was too much. Uh, <laughs> you could also have been <laughs> like, that wouldn't have been teased, and that would have been a big, like that would have been a surprise. It's not like cameos were a big thing right, like exactly. the idea of having a, a random cameo of what else or math out is confusing yeah. it was a huge huge <laughs> yeah. star at, at that point like i mean that's huge. why he gets he gets the the kate winslet entrance of the hat lifting <laughs> exactly yeah like little known fact about titanic guys <laughs> direct inspo yeah <laughs> james cameron specifically cites that moment as what what he's got- in the meeting you remember how they introduced uh, walter Matthau? <laughs> I need a hat for Kate. <laughs> you remember I mean, that Walter Matthau entrance? Headcanon head for me is that in the movie, they're like, that is Walter Matthau because it's Los Angeles. So Walter, Walter Matthau can just be drinking at a bar in the middle of the oh, day. This is just oh. what Walter Matthau does in his recreational time. Oh, well that, yeah. But that's interesting. Do we think that, that he was playing himself? I'm choosing to believe that Walter oh. Matthau is playing himself as... Or, as a horrendous alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> as a day-drinking alcoholic. As a day-drinking alcoholic. And he's like, no, nah, this is what my outfit's going to be. He did, I just... I think that that's that's my my headcanon on this, is that Walter Matthau is playing himself. And was like, I love this that. This is how I want that's the kids that. to think I, like I dress. That. Well, that when I did uh, Ghostbusters and Bill Murray came on, he said, I have one request. I want to dress like Quentin Crisp. Huh. hilarious. So he is. He's dressed like Quentin Crisp in the movie. See? So. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you know, I feel like if a movie like, star wants to do something, you're like, awesome. Go for I was going to say, yeah. I feel like that's a similar thing with Bill Murray and Walter Matthau in that situation where they let, when they lay down the stipulation, you're like, well, okay, that's what we're going with. Exactly. We'll alert I love it. everybody to that is the facts now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he's a genius. And I love the way he looks. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that, a great outfit. It was a fab- yeah, that, that outfit was pretty fabulous. <laughs> the costume in this movie, impeccable as, as always. Yes. Well, cool. now, if that brings us to the brings us to the end bit. I, I think yeah. we have a, I feel like we have a fun chance to like, I, you know, you are a high stature person coming on and like plugging your Twitter feed isn't necessarily oh. something you need to do, but <laughs> you've right. been working on a movie all year long. Yes, do I we, have. When, when can we expect new Paul Feig to reach new, our homes? Well, thank you, Jordan. Uh, new Paul Feig will hit uh, your homes uh, later next year because it's a okay. big, big effects-driven thing called the uh, the School for Good and Evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got Charlize Theron. We've got Lawrence Fishburne. We've got Kerry Washington. Sir Ben Kingsley shows up in this. Uh, <laughs> wow. And an amazing new cast of uh, Sophia Ann Caruso and Sophia uh-huh. Wiley. Uh, it, it's just the greatest cast. And, and uh, Michelle Yeoh is I was going to say, is, Mich- is this how you met Michelle Yeoh? because no, seeing your no. Instagram posts of you being <laughs> friends with, I don't know that I've, I've ever been more jealous of a person. Thank you. No, I, I recreationally I, hanging out with Michelle Yeoh. I met Michelle Yeoh when I was doing a simple favor movie, you know, um, mm. because Henry Golding had just done um, oh, crazy, crazy Rich Asians, Asians and she was in town. We were shot in Toronto and she was doing Star Trek. And he's like, one day he goes, uh, Hey, I'm going to have dinner with Michelle Yeoh. You want to come? I'm like, my mind went crazy. Cause I was like, does she exist? Because I, like, Right. To me, Michelle Yeoh is like this mythical creature, you know, who yeah. just kind of 
it showed up and was awesome in movies and who I was always in love with. And then it can't be real that me and Michelle Yeoh are like the same, the same genetically formed person. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't like, come from the same thing. We don't both walk this earth, the no, same yeah. earth. No. Yeah. And then, so I go and I'm like nervous because I always assume the person's gonna be like they are in the movie. And so I thought she'd be very serious and all this. And she was the most delightful, hilarious oh person I ever God. met. And we've been friends, and I put her, you know, wrote, got the, made the role for her in Last Christmas, and then she was in this, and uh, oh, I love her. Christmas she's Jack. she's one of my favorite people in the world. But, that uh, yeah. is, the, I I mean, you're pretty impressive, like on your own, but that is such a flex, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh is a flex. Yeah, I, I, I every time I'm with her, I'm like, I can't believe I'm hanging out with Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I can't believe I'm hanging out with Michelle. I I'm not even hanging out with Michelle Yeoh, and I can't believe you're hanging out with Michelle. <laughs> You know. <laughs> you and go. you're somebody who could hang out with Charlize fucking Theron. So like, who's awesome, by the way? Of course, this okay. is a reunion Just for us, though, because we I directed her on uh, Arrested Development. Um, oh, oh, three sure. episodes yeah. with her. God, yeah, we've always been trying to figure out something to do together. And then uh, when this came up, it's like, would you want to do this? And she's so good in the movie. Oh my god, she's so funny and scary. And uh, Charlize well, Theron's really good at having fun on camera. Yeah, oh my god, really yeah. good at having fun on camera. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and she created this iconic look for her character that's literally going to, I mean, everybody's going to dress like that from now on. It's very cool. <laughs> she she so walked her math out it. Yeah, she totally walked her math out it. <laughs> Booze and all. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then I have a gin out. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, yes, do my gin, gin, it's called Artingstall's Gin. Uh, a brilliant London dry gin. It's available all over the place. If you go to artingstallsgin.com, you can find out where to get it. It comes in a beautiful bottle. We've won awards. Uh, so there you go. Now, okay, it up. Booze it you would up with, be the you would be the guy to ask then. What constitutes a London? What does London Dry mean? It's it's a it's a blend of of the botanicals in a certain taste. Um, okay. So mm-hmm. so it is very dry. It's not you know fruit forward. It's not mm-hmm. you know not pepper. It, it's 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 a very specific style of gin okay. but it's my favorite because it's not it's a little more juniper mine's not i actually i i tamp down the juniper because i think a lot of people go i don't like gin because it's too piney so i uh-huh. kind of, you have to have juniper but it's not a ton but it's a there's a little citrus a little bit of a uh, floral a little bit of pepper but n- nothing overrides the london drive at all so oh. there you go more than you ever want to know about gin no no <laughs> i as somebody who doesn't drink i'm very uh, curious <laughs> about the deets because like there are just like when you ask people like oh what does dry mean there's like nothing anybody can tell you it's like you either have tasted it and you know the mm-hmm. mouthfeel you know what that means yeah. or you don't yeah so always exactly. I always uh, find I like very specific questions about alcohol because it people it can people almost don't know how to answer them it seems yeah. it's like, well if you don't <laughs> oh, drink exactly. I can't describe anything that I'm telling you right now or we can like, get oh, so technical works. that you're like oh you want to fall asleep. <laughs> oh, like imagine <laughs> trying to describe licorice if you've never had li- black licorice in your life yeah terrible just say it's Same. terrible well, no it's yeah there you go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, okay. I mean, like that's that's a strong stance as, <laughs> go to I, as somebody who likes six good and plenties before I lose interest. Like that's oh. a strong stance, Jordan. Mm, good yeah. and fruities. Oh. Good and fruities for me. Oh, there okay. you go. No, yeah. but growing up, my mom would go to sweet the sweet factory and get those like just she'd get like a pound of those little licorice candies that are like yeah. pink and black and white. Mm-hmm. We used to call that mom candy. That was literally in our neighborhood. That was called mom candy <laughs> because it was, you all get candy and eat it. Like, oh my God, this tastes crazy. <laughs> you, 
horrible, like salty licorice. It yeah. is ab- <laughs> it's it's my mom's candy, so I'm glad to know that that right. has a that has a lineage behind it. But yeah, but it was but it's pink candy that tastes the exact opposite of what pink should taste like. Yeah, yes. it does. Yeah, it, yes. it, you're confronted with this huge thing of what it's like. Here, eat this banana, but it's actually a jalapeno. You're like, What's just happened to me? In almost every context, something that's colored pink is my favorite thing to eat. Like yeah. the vitamin water, the like watermelon candy, anything yeah. pink. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. And then as soon as that licorice comes, he's like, what? don't don't put pink here. It's not where it belongs. Pink is supposed to taste happy, and then licorice <laughs> tastes angry. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the betrayal. angry sex of candy. Exactly. Yeah, it's the divorce of candy. <laughs> yeah, it's a betrayal of the entire social contra- contract that we've created surrounding candy flavors. Like, yeah. the reds are good. Uh-huh. Purples yeah. are, generally speaking, gross. Yeah. Like, we yellows treat- are taking a chance. Yeah, yeah, it's a risk, but we'll go for it. Like, the banana runt. I don't want any of your banana runts. I'm going to eat around the banana runs. <laughs> I love the banana runs. I love banana. Yeah, same. <laughs> the best ones. Again, once a, then I'll eat all your other candy. There, <laughs> once as a kid, I went into the refrigerator and there was a, a Tupperware thing mm-hmm. w- w- looked like fruit punch. So I poured a big thing of and I guzzled it and it was beet borscht Ooh. and I <laughs> spewed it all across the kitchen. <laughs> So that, that sounds was, delicious. There you go. Mm, just boy. a shot, just a, an eight ounce well, glass of beef borscht for you. Oh Jordan. yeah. When you're not <laughs> expecting it, it's really yeah. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Unex- <laughs> you don't want surprise beef borscht. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, if I was told, then I would still hate it. But at least I'd know. I would have spit it out. Well, oh, I my. can. I I will literally sit here for. Yeah. ever finding it inventing ways to continue talking to you but i know that we've reached the end of the pod and that yes. you also oh. have uh you know you you have a function to attend i do yes so thank you paul for coming back thank and talking you to again. us again oh my god thank you again uh, disaster girls is my favorite thing to listen to i every walk when i was doing this movie we're in belfast and every morning i'd take a four mile walk and i'd put on disaster girls and i'd listen to ones over and over again i just really, i think you guys really are so great you are you. you're, you're the best and i tell everybody to listen to the show and then i think it, <laughs> think you're great and i was honored to be on the hundredth episode there we go the well, if, you, if, if another if another one ever pops <laughs> yeah. in your head you are literally welcome anytime and we will make the time zone work yeah Yay. Oh, yeah i'm sorry i dragged you out of bed so early not, I i'm in for, for those listening i'm in london right now yes and jordan's in la and amanda's yeah, me and amanda in LA. are in la and, and jason's Jason. skirting the middle in, uh, yeah. in new york <laughs> yeah so. in new york on la time he's only slightly groggy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a show yeah. week this week so i'm i'm uh, not as exhausted as normal okay. oh good excellent excellent very thank good. you well, thank you for joining thank you us again, again paul and thank you love you guys always such a delight to talk to you so thank you so much for thank coming you. on thank you and uh go earthquake <laughs> <laughs> And one more thank you to Paul Feig for joining the show for our 100th episode. I'm just buttoning in to give all the little outro stuff here. It's your friend, producer Jason, of course. I guess you just heard me on this episode, so I don't need to introduce myself. We're all familiar here. Um, but uh, just a reminder to follow the show at disaster underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, follow Amanda at Amanda Smith says. Follow Jordan at Jora Crew. You can follow me at Jason Halftones. And you can follow Paul at Paul Feig. Um, check out more amazing podcasts at thatmightbecool.com. Um, leave a rating, a review, uh, subscribe, tell your friends, whatever 
whatever you want to do to try and, you know, sort of help get the word out about, uh, you know, the love for the disaster genre um, and, and, and bring other people into the fold and create some new disaster divas. Uh, we want to really create the feeling of a pyramid scheme with this thing. You know what I mean? Just have people recruiting people recruiting people. Um, but thank you all for listening. And, uh, you know, that's all I'm going to say. So, uh, you know, goodbye, everybody. That might be cool.com. You never know.